Indiana football is finally, finally catching a really big break. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, May 20th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one-stop shop for everything IU athletics and the only daily IU sports podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now, no matter through the ups and the downs when it comes to IU football, one of the overarching storylines has been just how uh, brutal and unbalanced their schedule is relative to uh, the other division. The Big Ten East is one of the toughest divisions in all of college football, uh, right down there with the SEC uh, West, I believe. Uh, with the toughest uh, divisions we have, obviously Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, you guys know the deal. The NCAA's uh, ruling on Wednesday might eliminate uh, divisions entirely. In fact, it probably uh, and almost certainly will eliminate divisions in college football. NCAA Division I Council, Council officially voted to eliminate the requirement for conferences to have divisions in order to hold a conference championship game. Uh, anyone or any conference with 12 or more members, uh, in order to hold a conference championship game, had to have uh, teams split into divisions with kind of a round-robin schedule uh, for divisional opponents, and then the two winners of the division would meet in a conference title game, and thus the need for the Big Ten to put together two divisions that have been wildly unbalanced for years. It's been a complaint. It was a complaint all last season when IU had just the gauntlet of a schedule it had, uh, and it's been a complaint before that. Uh, even during the 2020 season, that's part of what made it so special is IU beating so many Blue Bloods to uh, go on their way to their best season in decades. Uh, now, FBS conferences will be able to create their own rules for deciding a champion. And instantly, the Pac-12, literally minutes after this ruling became official, Pac-12 puts out a release that their divisions are done. It's over. They're not going to have divisions anymore. And an interesting note in that press release that they had, it said, quote, it was unanimously supported by all FBS conferences. It is almost certain, as I said, that the Big Ten is going to be done with the divisions. The Big Ten East is going to be done. And IU isn't going to have to stare at that gauntlet of a schedule that features Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, every single season, and hallelujah, thank you, finally, IU has a chance to actually be a competitive football team. Um, we don't know what the scheduling is going to be moving forward, and it probably isn't going to change for 2022. Uh, it's a little too late to do that, I would think, but the Big Ten can do whatever it wants, so potentially it could, but I think it's probably here to stay for 2022, but it's probably the last year it's going to happen. We'll see what the Big Ten's going to do. As of uh, late Thursday night, they've not made any announcement, but it's almost certain they would change it because each year uh, you would get really a more enticing matchup, save for a couple of seasons. Uh, 
in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, ben Stevens, I believe, tweeted what the matchups would have been. Uh, yeah, Ben Stevens, shout out to him, tweeted what the matchups would have been over the last six years in the Big Ten championship game. I looked up what they were to kind of compare them. So last year, for example, it would have been Ohio State and Michigan. Who would not have loved to have seen that? Back-to-back uh, -back weeks even. See Ohio State play Michigan and said it was Michigan versus Iowa. 2020, to be fair, was a really weird year. It should have been IU Northwestern. It was actually Ohio State Northwestern. Uh, I'm never going to let that one go because the Big Ten changed the rules to get Ohio State in. Point blank, no debate. That's objectively what happened. 2019 would have been the same as Ohio State-Wisconsin. 2018, again, Ohio State-Michigan instead of Ohio State-Northwestern. 2017 would have been Ohio State-Wisconsin. 2016 would have been Ohio State-Penn State instead of Penn State-Wisconsin. In every one of those scenarios where the game changed, it changed for the better. So it just makes sense to have your two best teams playing for the conference title game because you don't have scenarios like it felt you had in 2018, even last year, uh, and in 2020 to an extent as well, where um, it doesn't feel like your conference title game is actually deciding the conference title. It feels like a matchup beforehand. Most often Ohio State-Michigan or Ohio State-Michigan and sometimes Ohio State-Penn State, that was the one that decided the conference championship game. You avoid situations like that. It makes sense. Uh, it makes sense financially. Uh, imagine Ohio State versus Michigan at um, Lucas Oil Stadium. That would, do, that would sell out, and the Big Ten would love that. So this is going to change. It's just more a matter of when, not if. But how is it – what's the Big Ten going to do now with scheduling? And that's a question that we're going to look at with a couple potential options uh, ranging from protected rivalries and who IU could potentially see as kind of protected rivals in college football. First, though, I love brownies, as you guys I'm sure can tell. But you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and – get some protein in you're in luck because built has a new creation that is better than ever the brownie batter puff you heard me right the puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now on built.com have you guys tried the built puffs yet we've been telling you all about them and if you haven't i don't know what you're waiting for puffs are chocolate covered marshmallow protein bars that's right delicious flavored marshmallow covered in a hundred percent real chocolate with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up on any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to built.com, get those brownie batter puffs right now. While you're over there, pick out a couple brown or built bars as well. Once you get everything into your cart, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. 
is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft with mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, obviously, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Obviously, Trace is not taking part in it uh, this week. We discussed that on Thursday's episode. In case you miss it, go back and listen to that. Baseball team, if you guys haven't seen, we we ultimately didn't end up talking about the baseball team this year, um, in part because they've really struggled. If you guys did not see the score on Thursday, they were up uh, 13-2 to on Iowa and ended up losing that game. And this is not a typo. This is not a mistake. 30-15. to they, I That's hard to even fathom. Uh, we haven't talked about them. They have a really great offense, as evidenced by 15 runs. They have... Horrible pitching, just abysmal pitching, evidenced by 30 runs given up. So tough for them. Uh, the two teams scored more runs than the football team scored points in the that matchup last fall. So Im- impressive there. I, give me IU baseball's offense over IU football's. Speaking of football, so what is the route the Big Ten's going to take now? Because there's a couple different ways they could go about this. Uh, one of the ways is something the SEC has kind of discussed. Now, this is really only going to be possible in the SEC because they're going to have 16 teams once Oklahoma and Texas join, and they've discussed having pods. Wouldn't really work as seamlessly in the Big Ten because there's 14 teams, um, and it's a little unbalanced, assuming it's geographical pods, which is what most have kind of discussed in um, the SEC. You take Four teams, you put them together, those four are always going to play, and then you mix and match the rest, however else, to get the rest of your schedule. That works when there's, first, when there's 16 teams, four pods of four is easy. And it works when you're the SEC and everybody's good and you're not kind of unbalanced in any of the pods necessarily. It doesn't work when you're the Big Ten and have 14 teams and Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are so close together because – I kind of put it together of what it might look like. You would probably have to have two pods of five and one pod of four. So you'd be looking at kind of a West pod, which is Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. You'd have a central one that is IU, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, Michigan State. I mean, I'll take that over what IU has right now. But then you'd have an Eastern pod that is Michigan, Ohio State, Maryland, and Rutgers. So it's what the Big Ten East is right now, just taking out IU and Michigan State, which I don't know that Maryland and Rutgers would love that too much. And it'd be difficult with unbalanced pods to really do that. What I think would probably happen is something like what the ACC is discussing with a 3-5-5 system. And that explained out would be there are three kind of protected rivalries, three uh, mainstays on the schedule every year, and then you rotate the other five teams. So, for example, with IU – It's actually kind of hard to figure out. Purdue's obviously going to be kind of one of the mainstays. You're going to play them every year. Probably Illinois because of location. There's a little bit of a rivalry there. Not really. Picking a third team is near impossible. Um, I saw some places suggest Maryland, maybe Rutgers. If you want to go geographically, Northwestern. But say, for example, it is Maryland. So you're going to play every year Purdue, Illinois, and Maryland. Then you will play one set of the five teams one year, and then you'll play the other set of the five teams the next year. And those would just those five teams would just rotate every other year, or every year, excuse me. But you're always going to play Purdue, Illinois, and Maryland. And 
I, I think that's the one that makes the most sense. The only issue you're going to run into, maybe somewhat like what IU would have, there aren't really three teams that it really – like Purdue's the only team that I want to play every single season. Outside of that, I don't really care. We don't normally play Illinois anyway. Um, I mean, maybe I'd love to play Nebraska as long as Scott Frost is there because he liked to talk about wanting to play us more and then lose to us. So I'd love beating him more. But um, the other issue you're going to run into is like, what if one team considers you a rival and the other one doesn't? So, I mean, this isn't an example, but say that Purdue considered IU a rival and IU didn't. Well, Purdue would want IU on the schedule every year. IU might not really care if Purdue's on the schedule every year. So um, how do you sort that with kind of preference? And uh, it's tough. I'm not certain you would probably have some controversy on who's going to be playing who every single year. Uh, It might not matter as much to IU, but with Ohio State maybe, they probably want, they're obviously going to play Michigan every year. Do they want to play Penn State every year? That'd be a, a tough matchup every season, but it probably matters more to Ohio State, who is going to be in the national title picture basically every year. Do they want to play a Michigan State every year? What's that last team going to be that they want to play every year? So um, I'm not entirely certain how that would work out, but that makes a lot more sense in the geographical pods because, I mean, you can't split 14 into three pods evenly. So unless they're going to add a team and just make it three pods of five, um, I, that that's just not going to work other than that. So I would imagine it's going to be something like the three, five, five system, uh, which again, makes the most sense. And it's kind of the easiest route to go, but the end result is ultimately IU is going to be done with this gauntlet schedule in the future. And that I cannot be happy enough about. I am tired of playing Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state every single year. And then we get the crossover game with Wisconsin. It feels like so much you accidentally schedule Cincinnati when they're a college football playoff team. And suddenly you have one of the five, 10 hardest schedules in the nation. And it makes a bad year seem even worse. I don't actually think IU was like a two and 10 team. Uh, if you put them in the uh, a different conference, I don't want to start throwing shots. Put them in the Pac-12. They're not a two and ten team, but you put them in the Big Ten East, and they're a two and ten team. So I'm I'll be happy when those those days are over. I would love to routine. If you're facing Purdue, Illinois, Maryland every year, those are three winnable games basically every year. And IU doesn't have many games, if any, right now. Uh, that I feel are winnable every single year. Maybe Rutgers, maybe Maryland, uh, usually Purdue, not last season, but um, it just feels like it'd be a little more balanced. And I, I want balance over having to to play these top programs every year because if IU was in the national title picture and needed those wins, that'd be an entirely different story. But IU needs to get to six wins, however possible, every single season and when half of their games are against teams that are going to be nationally ranked in the top 25, 20, 15, you're not going to get to six wins. So I'm tired of Ohio State beating us down every single season. Let's change it up so we don't have to face them. We have some football recruiting news, not positive news, as there was a decommitment and a really big one at that. We're going to look at what Day McCullough decommitting from the Hoosiers means. Uh, both in the short term and the long term, but some positive recruiting news to go along with that for IU women's basketball. 
for any of that, our partner, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores and fights, and even next season's NFL futures as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the lines and action. Bet online where the game starts. There is not going to be a segment today on Victor Oladipo and the Miami Heat because they got the brakes beaten off of them. Lose to Boston 127-102. That was a generous scoreline because Boston shot the lights out of the ball. 51% from the field, 20 of 40 from the three-point line. It would have taken IU five games to make 23-pointers last year. Oladipo played 27 minutes, but that was because it was a blowout. He did have 14 points, one of five from three, was nine of 10 at the free throw line. He was the second leading scorer, tied for a second with Gabe Vincent. Jimmy Butler had 29, so maybe a small positive in that, but it was a blowout, and that was mainly why he was playing. I didn't even really watch a lot of the game because the first half, it was abundantly clear this game was not going to be close. So tried to uh, lick their wounds and recover and go back for game six, but series is now tied at 1-1. More bad news, as we mentioned, Day McCullough has decommitted from IU football. He announced it on Twitter. He was obviously, obviously is the son of former running back coach Dellen McCullough, who went to Notre Dame this offseason. There was obviously a lot of attention when Dellen McCullough left about whether his sons were going to go with him. Deshaun stayed. He is on the uh, on campus on the football roster. Initially, Dave McCullough announced that he was remaining committed to IU. He hasn't, in all fairness, I didn't expect him to, but he hasn't really. It's not a surprise. He, it was kind of announced or news broke. I don't know how you go about announcing, but. He's going from he's moving to South Bend where his father's at. He was at Bloomington South. He's going to South Bend. Um, he's I mean Notre Dame's been kind of seen as the favorite since the minute Della McCullough left. Um, he visited Cincinnati while still committed to IU, so it felt like a matter of again when, not if. Um, it, it's unfortunate because he was one of the top ranked recruits IU football has ever had. Uh, so it is a blow, and right now IU only has two commits for the 2023 class um, now that McCullough has decommitted. So there, we're, IU's not getting him back. It's not a situation where he'll decommit and potentially consider IU. IU really, if we're being honest, only got him because his dad was a running back coach, which fair enough, but uh, IU is not getting him back. So Oh, well, I guess uh, frustrating, but we're actually going to talk IU football recruiting next week. Uh, the Locked On Network has a football recruiting uh, analyst. I haven't, we haven't done a podcast with them because there's not a lot of football recruiting news for IU, but we're going to talk about this, talk about the class coming in, maybe talk a little bit about the fact IU only has two recruits in the 2023 class. So, Good recruiting news. Uh, Juliana Lamendola, um, I'm would. i going to guess she goes by Jules based on her Twitter 
and the graphic that came out, but she committed to IU women's basketball. Class of 2023, 6'1 guard. She is from the suburbs of Dallas. Um, she led her high school, Koppel High, to a – they won 37 of their 39 games last season in Texas. Uh, I'm assuming if she's in the suburbs of Dallas, they were playing some some tough teams. Uh, she earned a spot on the 6A Texas All-State team as well. Uh, so seems like a really talented player. She joins Lene Beaumont in the 2023 class for IU women. Both of them are guards. So it'll be interesting to see what Terry Morin does moving forward. Uh, I don't imagine there's going to be a lot more guards committed because IU, I mean, Grace Berger is presumably going to leave. Um, I believe this is her final year of eligibility regardless. But um, other than that, they aren't really going to lose any guards. So I don't know that they're going to recruit many more, but we'll see who else IU potentially brings in in this 2023 class. And on the note of women's basketball, IU actually lost an assistant coach this week. Ashley Williams left uh, Terry Morn's coaching staff. Uh, she returned to her alma mater at NC State, so certainly can't fault her at that. Her, it's closer to her family. Uh, it's where she graduated. She played basketball at NC State. Um, she played basketball there, came to Bloomington as a grad assistant, spent two years as a grad assistant. Uh, she went off elsewhere, I believe Furman, for a season as an assistant. Came back to Bloomington in 2020-2021. So she spent two seasons, the last two years, in Bloomington as a full-time assistant. Uh, back in 2020-2021, she was named to Women's Basketball Coaches Association's 30 Under 30. So a promising assistant, promising um, coach that I use going to have to replace now. No word on any kind of rumored names at all. We'll see what uh, the program is looking for. Um, coach Morin joked a couple times, Ali Patberg will probably be back as an assistant coach. Probably a little too early for that one. Uh, I think Allie's, I imagine, going to try to play some professional basketball somewhere. But we'll keep you updated on what happens on that front. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you next week. Like I said, we're going to talk some IU football recruiting uh, with John Garcia, our recruiting uh, analyst, specialist, some more football offseason content. Start looking at uh, depth chart each position and uh, breaking down who might start, who might contribute, things like that. Now make your second listen, Locked on Big Ten with Nate Dickinson. I was on there Thursday talking uh, I or Big Ten football coaches. He's also been talking about this Big Ten scheduling news as well. So plenty to touch on over there. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, uh, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. Go follow us over on uh, YouTube as well at Locked on Hoosiers. But most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific Friday. Have a terrific weekend in LEO.